Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 141 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brian and Angelo. Double Density, your home to tech tales and paranormal primers. Now, first things first, Angelo, sometimes we are a podcast about podcasts, isn't that right? We are. We like talking about podcasting because we got into podcasting because we like podcasts. That is, uh, um, you know, what do they call that? A word soup? So yes. you've, uh, you've just uh, decided to, uh, you know, ladle some word soup my way? It's something you say quickly before you have to go on stage and sing or something. <laughs> um, all that to say, last week we talked about Luminary. This week we want to talk about uh, good news monetarily, bad news perhaps for the landscape of podcasting. And that is, of course, that the Joe Rogan experience by the end of this year will be a Spotify exclusive. I don't like this at all, Brian. I'm not as surprised about that at all. Apple had the right idea by letting them be free. Anybody could put up a podcast, right? It wasn't really hard for us to get a podcast up into what, at the time, what, three years ago was the iTunes uh, podcast store or whatever? As long as you have a valid RSS feed. We, we, we chose to go with something like Fireside, which is a little more expensive, but takes a lot of the work out of doing mm-hmm. anything, really. So uh, it's worth it for us. Podcasting, I like it. You have an RSS feed. Anybody with that RSS feed puts it in their podcasting player of choice. And uh, they work with it. I've always disliked things like Stitcher, although Stitcher is more like a regular podcast player in that it uses your RSS feed, correct? Yeah, uh, yes. So uh, it is It is a free service. It, it's not like Spotify. Spotify, when we put our podcast on Spotify, we had to actually go through this whole rigmarole and let Spotify know that our podcast was going to go be there. And then they kind of suck it in and turn it into their own thing. That's right. And so we still get stats from that. But yeah, the idea is uh, if you're listening to Spotify on the free tier, then uh, they uh, dynamically insert ads into um, your podcast, which we've talked about uh, actually last episode. And uh, none of that uh, sweet podcasting advertising money comes to us. That's correct, right? So Spotify, free to use, but uh, better if paid. Um, and so I linked you to an article from TechDirt all about the difference between open and free. And then you actually listen to the uh, podcast or the, was it the podcast episode in question where this was actually originally brought up? Well, Ben Thompson, who was mentioned in that article, and I, I'm also going to link to the actual original Stratikery uh, article that he posted about this. Him and John Gruber, who we've mentioned before, uh, podcaster uh, with the talk show and of Daring Fireball fame. He writes that blog. They started their own podcast called Dithering, but it's uh, it's not a free podcast, right? In, well, it's free in the way uh, Ben Thompson explains it. When he says a free type podcast, it doesn't mean one that doesn't cost you anything. He means one that is an open service, right? It's, it's, our, it's the RSS feed he has. You plug it into your podcast player and that's what you get. In his opinion, Spotify is not really open, right? It's you have to give them your RSS feed, whatever, but they just take it and they're not using that RSS feed. Correct. Uh, Dithering, though, is not a free podcast. You pay for it. It's it's just like Stratikery itself. He gets a, You could be a member and you get a newsletter in your email, I think a few times a week. And he's really intelligent when it comes to tech and how it works with uh, the economy and all kinds of aspects of technology. And him and John Gruber were talking about this on the talk show. And their discussion about Joe Rogan going to Spotify is really great if you're interested in this type of thing. I'm trying to understand, I guess Joe Rogan's in it because how much did Spotify offer him? Way more than he'd ever make in sponsorship over the next few years, correct? Yeah, probably. I mean, nothing, I don't imagine this precludes him from having sponsors on the show either necessarily, but probably baseline 100 mil. Yes. And then, so he's getting basically what he would have been making in sponsorships anyway, plus another extra 100 million. Yes, correct. Not bad. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, uh, as the landscape changes and evolves, you and I talk about the the walled garden often, like, you know, uh, the idea of, uh, is it really a podcast if you can only access it on one platform? And the answer to you and I is both no, right? Because podcasting as a concept is you can sort of grab an RSS feed and be able to um, bring it into any app that you choose, or even just like a web browser. Yeah, and um, Gruber and Thompson had a really good discussion about how Howard Stern plays into this and how strange it was to a lot of people when he went from FM to satellite radio in, uh, as when he said the year, I, I blew my mind because I thought it was more recent than this, but it happened in 2004. Yeah, it was, it's about 15 years now. Yeah. And when he did that, people thought he was crazy because he's going to lose his listenership, but he's doing fine. Is that the exception to the rule, though? Because you already had a, a built-in fan base. Same thing, like uh, you know, like a Radiohead or Nine Inch Nails in terms of the music realm, where you know, it you pay as which can makes sense because of your fan base. And and in the podcasting world, if anybody can do it, it is Rogan because his podcast is consistently in like the top three. So if anybody's going to bring people to Spotify, Joe Rogan may do that. I, I won't be following him there. I would listen to his podcast from time to time. When you tell me there was a crazy guest on, I would go listen. But and I used to listen to it all the time. I liked it. So when are we doing DMT, friend? Uh, not anytime soon. Imagine <laughs> being on uh, quarantine and just uh, tripping your mind out. It could be fun, depending on your mindset, right? Not with two children in the house. <laughs> you should pull the children. Listen, daddy wants to get real high. What, what should we do here? <laughs> That's not going to happen. Um, so speaking about quarantine, Angelo, I recently updated my phone to the newest iOS build. And in there, in the notes, I started laughing because... Uh, one of the uh, uh, updates or advantages, I guess, is exposure notification. Exposure notification API to support COVID nineteen contact tracing apps from public health authorities. Do you see what happens though when you actually go into that in your settings for no, where I we live? I have not played yet. Not available where we live. Surprise! Well, I yeah. mean, because we don't have one here in Quebec yet. So, yeah, and, and Quebec is uh, notoriously behind in terms of things like uh, not using fax machines for the health services. Um, <laughs> Apparently, all our tests have to go by fax. Yeah, they do. And that's not great in uh, arguably one of the cities uh, in this province is uh, one of the hotspots in North America for COVID-19. Yeah, it's really unfortunate, uh, the situation here. Uh, but uh, it just made me laugh that, uh, you know, if I were, uh, you know, a man like TJ, perhaps I'd, you know, really scrutinize what's going on in my updates. Yes, I... Uh, I hope actually they get an app working that will work this way because right now, apparently Quebec's plan, uh, the high-tech plan, was to go via email chain. <laughs> Are you serious? I don't know the ins and outs. I read something about emails and that's how it was working. But this is so much more robust. And Apple and Google are putting this into their OSs. Take advantage of it. It seems like the privacy is there, but who knows, right? And that's my that's my whole point, right? Is the privacy actually there? Because some of these contact tracing apps apparently like feed info to like Facebook and stuff, depending on what you download. That's the worry, right? Is as soon as you put those that one word Facebook in there, I worry because Google, I sort of trust Apple. I trust more than Google, uh, but both, as we said before, we can trust way more than Facebook and Amazon. Yes, Amazon too, but they're not in the uh, the smartphone business. No, that didn't really work for them, unfortunately. Um, we can bring back the Fire Phone if you want. <laughs> I was literally just about to say, I think it's time to purchase a you know a burner Fire Phone just to see um, how that goes. Angela, is this the Mark of the Beast? The Mark of the Beast is 666, correct? Uh, sure. And, and how would you associate it with this? Lines of code? Well, COVID-19, right? COVID <laughs> right. Oh, we're, we're doing with this a dash, one okay, is yes. six characters. 
a nine is just an upside down six, and one is only five away from six, which is how many letters are in COVID. So six, Correct. six. What uh, great math skills we have here on uh, Double Dance. You've uh, been teaching the world how to add and subtract. It is a really weird time to live in. I think we underline this every single week that we do an episode. But once again, uh, I installed uh, this iOS update. We'll see where this goes. I, uh, I, I've given up on the concept of privacy a little bit. I think especially in these trying times, I shrug very hard when it comes to like having to deal with this, unfortunately. We try to go through every episode uh, in the last few weeks without really talking about the pandemic, but it's kind of hard not to. It just comes up. And when people are listening back to these episodes going through our uh, back catalog in uh, March of uh, 2023, uh, they're going to wonder, oh yeah, that was the time when everybody was stuck in their house. It's like a time capsule of sorts. Yes, uh, one that I wish we would uh, forget sooner rather than later. Uh, I don't know when this is going to end or how it's going to end. It's just very uh, disappointing living in Montreal and seeing all these people wandering around, not respecting anything, having picnics, you know, three feet away from each other. Just try my best here, but I'm only one person. I was riding my bike today with the family, as we do on a nice Saturday morning. So is it like a is it a mountain bike? Do you ride a penny farthing? No, a mountain bike. Uh, it used to fall off the penny farthing one. That right, big giant t- wheel in the front. It's just, it's an awful Angelo sort of like a situation. I uh, got rid of that bike when I got rid of my handlebar mustache. Oh gosh, what a mindset. I guess you changed styles. Yes. But uh, beyond that, we were riding around and I felt like people were keeping the uh, two meter slash six feet apart thing, but lots of people out and about. Yeah, there were this morning. We went for a drive to go just, you know, get out of the house a little bit. And I just, uh, there was some, uh, some good and some bad as always. I think everyone's kind of going through uh, the same thing. Uh, let us move on from that and talk about uh, birthday gifts and uh, fun tech gadgets that don't involve, uh, you know, uh, contact tracing apps. <laughs> but they do involve iOS. They do involve, and that was my next point. They do involve iOS, yes. So I bought my wife some AirPods recently for her birthday. She's loving them. A couple of connectivity issues, but uh, that is, uh, you know, part of the price you pay for using Bluetooth. When I first got my AirPods, I would notice getting uh, cut off every once in a while on the train, I would pass by certain spots on my commute and I would lose connectivity. Not just barely like a second, right? But it would be annoying in the middle of a song or a podcast. That died down after a few months of using the AirPods. Now, I don't know if there were updates that changed things or what. Uh, I haven't noticed it as much with my AirPods Pro that I got for Christmas, although I haven't really used them too much on my commute, right? Because uh, I had them for like a month and a half and then we had to stop commuting. So the idea here is that you should put yourself in a simulated situation where you can test these out. Yes, I guess. I use them now basically for Zoom meetings and uh, when I vacuum around the house. (laughs) What do you usually listen to? Podcasts? So that's one thing I want to talk about. The AirPods I felt were really great for podcasts, not so good for music. The AirPods Pro are actually really great for music. Uh, They sound fantastic because they're isolating, right? The AirPods themselves are... Basically, don't sound any different from the air um, from the earpods you get with your iPhone. Mm-hmm. I was a huge proponent of those old Apple in earbuds. Uh, did you ever see them? They were like really expensive, but really worth it. Apparently, yes. for the price, they were one of the best quality uh, earbuds you can get. I like them a lot. The only problem with them is that they cut off the sound, and if they rubbed up against your coat or something, especially in the winter. It sounded like garbage, right? Because you'd hear every muffled sound. That doesn't happen with AirPods or um, AirPods Pro because even though it's cut off from the rest of the outside world, they actually kind of let the pressure in, which is really well done. Okay. But now, 
ever since I moved into an open office and now that I'm at home, I really like over the head headphones. They sound so good. Especially so much for better. music. Yes. For music, um, AirPods Pro are fine, but real, uh, quote unquote, real headphones are way better. Right. My problem with that is that uh, I have a case for my iPhone, so I can't really use the two pairs I have of over-the-ear ones because of the fact that like, you can't actually plug it in. Oh, that's annoying. I know, which is why I have like a perfectly good pair of Sennheisers that I like using uh, when I'm on my laptop, but unfortunately can't do much else about it. So, you know, he, this is it. This is me. I might be uh, considering getting a pair of uh, AirPod Pros uh, in the future. We'll see. I kind of, um, my ear canals are like super weirdly shaped. So uh, trying to, uh, you know, uh, like I tried my wife's pair and it, it, it was not a good um, situation for me. The good news with the AirPods Pro is that they come with three tips and you will likely find something that fits well. Just the tips? <laughs> Just the tips, yeah. Double density. Let us finish up the tech section with something that made me laugh this week, Angela. The fact that you bought yourself a computer stand and uh, you've been updating me on uh, you know, how it feels <laughs> to have a computer stand in your life. Well, this, is, this relates back to the whole pandemic talk. I'm stuck at this iMac all day long, which I much prefer to my work PC. I, I have to get that out of the way. Uh, my work PC was serviceable as a PC at the office that I would use all day long. I don't miss it, but the office had my uh, sit-stand desk that was quite good, a uh, decent office chair, and the monitors were set up for my uh, height. My iMac, which I would, what, sit at max an hour or two, right? Sitting, staring at the screen all this time, my neck was really starting to hurt. So I got a stand. It lifts it up by about three inches, and I've only used it for a few hours right now. I got it yesterday evening. I feel a difference, although I feel like my monitor is like looming down over me. Good, watching you like Big Brother should because, you know, you love the idea of uh, having no privacy. You love the idea of constantly being monitored because you're doing nothing wrong. When I look at it this way, I actually uh, think back to that late 90s Mac world where Bill Gates bought into Apple to save it and he's there looming over Steve Jobs. <laughs> right. And people are booing him. Uh, the 90s, what a, you know, uh, rose-colored glasses. Like, let's look back at that, you know, decade and just uh, sigh heavily. All Macs came with pre-installed Internet Explorer. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Actually, speaking of the 90s, we are working on an episode. Should we talk about uh, what, what we have in plan? Yeah, why not? Sure. So uh, we've been working on sort of like a long-form um, paranormal-only episode uh, for probably next episode where we're doing Heaven's Gate, the media surrounding that, um, uh, conspiracy culture in the mid-90s and what that looks like. So uh, a little more of a prepared kind of, of show than we're used to. Yeah, you love doing those um, because it's kind of plays into your background as a uh, communications slash journalism guy. It's true. It's true. I've shared the Google Doc with you with the script so far. It's been uh, interesting to do. It'll be fun to go through, and uh, you're uh, going to be editing that one because I know you like to edit your own stuff. I do. Also, I've been pulling audio clips in order to put them, so I think that's the, the bigger thing. But anyways, that is a, a, a look into the future of Double Density here uh, You know, as we continue onwards and upwards into this hot, hot summer in North America uh, that's only going to get hotter. And I'm not only talking about the weather, Angela, I'm also talking about Double Density content. Exciting. I will uh, flip the switch and see you on the paranormal side of things, my friend. See you there. Double Density presents the sounds of your youth.
Double Welcome back to Double Density, and as always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal. So the first item on the docket this week is a motherboard article entitled UFO subreddit was subject to systemic censorship. So recently, there has been a kerfuffle um, in uh, the realm of ufology all about these uh, Brazilian UFOs. Angela, do you know what I'm talking about? I hope you do. I briefly saw something about that on Reddit, and then when I went back to read it, it was gone. Yes, so this kind of plays into that too, in that um, a uh, moderator on the uh, UFOs subreddit had realized that someone had put uh, the words uh, Brazil and Navy and Pentagon, uh, you know, on the block list. Yeah, and I'm not kidding about that. I actually saw something come up about a Brazil UFO, and then when I went back to read it, it was gone. And if you go look right now in the UFO subreddit, one of the uh, top posts is uh, UFO needs uh, new, new moderators. Yeah. So uh, the original uh, UFO uh, kerfuffle uh, from, Mah- uh, was it like Maje, Mahe, Mahe, Brazil? Um, uh, thousands of people saw a series of lights in the sky. Uh, Have you video. seen that video? Yes. Okay. I haven't. What do you feel about it? Is it, is it seem genuine or is it just more lights in the sky that was like, I mean, it, it's just airplanes. lights in the sky as always, right? So, I mean, it kind of reminds me of the Phoenix lights a bit. Oh, okay. So maybe it was some flares? <laughs> flares or drones or anything really like it's it's kind of hard to get a, a view on it because unfortunately like uh, the uh, the lights that we're seeing is a little bit far away so it's kind of hard to uh, get a better idea of what exactly there. I mean it is compelling visually of course but uh, in terms of like trying to find some kind of meaning behind what these lights are up to a little bit more difficult yeah I'm, I'm just looking now and uh, there's uh, some posts on the uh, mage is that how you pronounce it mage he's a level 12 mage My- UFO <laughs> yeah it's it's apparently confirmed as a big hoax okay do you feel like people are being unfair towards these moderators? It seems to me like they were actually just trying to get rid of these posts that were kind of sprouting up like wildfire, but were all for a hoax. So I think uh, the issue, and you used to uh, be a forum moderator, correct? I was uh, in the Paracast forums. Well, there you go. So the idea of uh, you know a commitment to your community versus you know weeding out unneeded content, I do think in this instance. Uh, outright banning the word Brazil is a little bit harsh. Like that's why you have yeah. a, a moderator team to sort of like clean up a lot of this stuff. That's their job. I was accused of uh, being heavy-handed with my moderating sometimes, but uh, I really wasn't. It's just it, garbage would pop up and we would take it out. The vast majority of things we would never really touch real posts by real four members. It was more the uh, bots that would come in every once in a while. The Russian bots. Back then, there weren't Russian bots yet. Uh, or okay, there were, just, but they weren't doing what they're doing now. They were just dumping words. Yeah, right now on Twitter, as we speak, uh, hashtag Trudeau dictatorship is uh, is the trend. Angela, you and I love to talk about uh, different parts of ufology here on this uh, podcast. And sometimes, unfortunately, we do act a little pessimistically um, about things, including uh, one of our favorite subjects, the disclosure movement. It's always about to happen. And this is exactly what you sent me. Yes. So amazingly enough, uh, on the above top secret forums, I found what may be one of the most well-reasoned posts of all time on here. And it's very confusing to me because saying above top secret and well-reasoned doesn't usually, they make for strange bedfellows. So uh, a user named Isaac Coy uh, put up a post called official UFO disclosure, quote, may be imminent, end quote, a historical perspective. And he opens things up by saying, those that do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it, Angelo. 
these types of posts, I, so look, I haven't really frequented Above Top Secret, but these kind of posts are probably few and far between being reasoned and well-researched, correct? Yes, exactly. It's a lot of conjecture and a lot of, um, you know, uh, it's gotten a lot more fringy, I guess. As we go forward with all this information on hand that we can easily access, people just get worse and worse. Yeah, there's a lot uh, to take in there, Angelo. Uh, you know, it's, it's almost uh, InfoWars level uh, kind of stuff here. Yes, but sometimes among the garbage, there's a gem. Yes, including this post by Isaac Coy. So uh, let us go through this historical perspective that he puts together. Um, caveat here, and this is something that both you and I discussed in uh, researching this and reading this. Uh, for some reason, the Stephen Greer disclosure movement portion of of the or sort of like the piece of the segment isn't in here at all for whatever reason, unfortunately, because I think that's that's part of it. But hey, uh, I still feel like historically speaking, disclosure may be imminent. Uh, started uh, in 1950 with Don Cahoe, who was. Uh, a Marine Corps naval aviator who had become uh, both a successful author as well as a UFO investigator. So in his 1950 book, The Flying Saucers Are Real, this is where he says, you know, an official explanation for things uh, may be imminent. A lot of people got their start with this book. Um, it's the original, really, when it comes to the whole uh, UFO disclosure and researching and figuring out what the government knows and what they have to do with UFOs. And obviously, this is a good start to look at when disclosure was going to happen and uh, how it was wrong. Yep. 1952, Walter Winchell, who was a columnist, or, you know, well-known in the United States of America, had said that the U.S. Army may officially announce some kind of disclosure in the fall. And this is from June 30th, 1952. I mean, it could still happen in the fall. <laughs> yeah, of 1952? Of this fall. I mean, it could have just been off by 70 years. <laughs> Uh, I hope your math uh, skills are better than that, but that's okay. 1953, Edgar Plunkett, a British rep of the International Flying Saucer Bureau, said we're on the threshold of a breathtaking discovery. I mean, yes, and uh, and by yes, it's a no, right? So I, I do feel like this is kind of analogous to the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses um, episode we did where, you know, the apocalypse is always on its way, right? It was uh, 1976, 1993, two, three, right? And then it just never shows up. No, and... Uh, like right now, we're almost living in apocalypse, basically. But uh, nobody did any see. That's the thing. Nobody predicts mundane things like pandemics, except I guess Sylvia Brown kind of predicted this. If you really want to look into yeah, it, yeah. But let's not really play with that one. No. When we discussed, well, it's going to come up later. Actually, it won't come up later. The, you said the Stephen Greer press thingy, press right? club, yeah, press club thing. That was supposed to be the time when everything was going to be told, and. Uh, the more I think about it, it's such a long time ago and nothing's happened since then. I mean, I guess we could talk about how great it is that Blink-182 started telling us about UFOs, but not really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Continuing historically onto the list, 1953, Albert Bender said he was visited by a couple of men in black who said that uh, the government revealed the secrets of UFOs in either three months or four years. I keep thinking that Albert Bender is a fictional character <laughs> no no you're just thinking about bender the robot from futurama no it's just i i keep thinking that this whole uh men in black thing was a made-up uh, thing by gray barker but uh maybe it was maybe it wasn't yeah 1957 a you know an issue of uh, flying a saucer review had said uh you know there are things in motion uh to pave the way for an official announcement of the existence of flying saucers from outer space question mark hmm so I'm, I'm seeing a trend here. Every year, somebody says that disclosure is imminent. And it's going to happen one day, I guess. And that person is going to be right. Yeah, but uh, broken clock twice a day, right? 
it it makes me think in tech when uh, that guy kept predicting that there'd be an Apple TV and it right. never happened. So. Uh, 1957, again, May-June issue of Flying Saucer Review. Uh, they quote the uh, Gray Barker book. They knew too much about uh, Flying Saucers and mentioned Albert Bender's claim from a couple years ago. 1957, Ben Harrington, as reported in your favorite newspaper, The Psychic News, Angela, the U.S. government knows facts on UFOs and will soon disclose them. We can't really take stuff from a newspaper called Psychic News uh, as being uh, of the record. No, well, just you wait, Angela, because there's another publication that you and I love to laugh about uh, coming up. But before that, 1957, a uh, really interesting case, and I use interesting in air quotes, George Adamski, right, reveals that perhaps the government is ready to drop some truth bombs onto the world. Mm-hmm. George Adamski wrote a letter to Donald Kehoe, who we first mentioned uh, as the uh, the first point of uh, interest in this uh, long-running uh, list of uh, people claiming that uh, we're going to know the real truth, RT, capital RT, truth, soon enough, in 18 months. 1959, the president of the Manchester Flying Saucer Research Society is saying that within the next few months, the world will be forced to accept the reality of flying saucers. This is just over and over again, people just repeating themselves, an echo chamber of disclosure. 1959, uh, broadcaster and writer Frank Edwards, uh, you know, uh, claimed uh, in his book, uh, you know, that uh, Congress doesn't act this time because there were congressional hearings in the late 50s all about this, right? So he's talking to Donald Kehoe and Donald Kehoe placed that conversation into the book Flying Saucers, A Top Secret. So doesn't like Donald Kehoe look back and say, oh, I was wrong that time and now I'm right? But it's once again the, the gambler's mentality, right? We talked about that again uh, last week with Q. The idea that like we might be right soon is always such a tantalizing piece of evidence when you want to be the person who says, hey, guess what? I was right. Would you consider what's happened in the last few weeks with the governments coming out with more UFO images and pictures and videos be disclosure, or is that not enough? So I think there are two tracks to sort of analyze here, right? There's the historical track of UFO equals aliens, right? And then there's the the sort of like more science-based one of UFOs equal strange objects, maybe Earth-based, we're not sure, right? So on the Earth-based, we're not sure side, sure, there's progress there. In terms of UFO disclosure, in terms of alien um, beings uh, being in contact with our world and then we officially acknowledging it, I'm not quite sure. This is like a soft disclosure then. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. A baby disclosure. It's, it's like a trial balloon for disclosure. Exactly. It, it's a well, trial weather balloon, let's say. Well, it's like when we talked about the Brookings Report, right? The idea that you need to sort of like softly introduce the notion into the public mentality or else you're going to freak them out. Yeah. It's basically in every corner of all our culture. Exactly. So, Angelo, I uh, will travel upwards to 1966, where Frank Edwards put out a book that makes me laugh because I have a copy of it entitled Flying Saucers, Serious Business. And in there, of course, he posits that disclosure is on its way. It is my personal belief that the day is not far distant when these questions and the questions up there about um, you know ufology and ships in the sky will be answered for us. Yes, of course. <laughs> After that, we got your buddy and mine, Stan Freeman in 1968. I've always liked him. Yes, even though he said uh, in the Times Herald on uh, September 29th, 1968, that uh, scientists and military men were about to lift the laughter curtain and reveal that flying saucers are real. He's always talked about the cosmic Watergate thing and uh, yes. never come to be. I, I kind of feel bad about that for him. And then 1974, we've got Jan Dixon, who's an American psychic, reporting on the National Enquirer. Jan Dixon, quote, the secrets of UFOs will be revealed in the near future. Guess what, Angelo? They weren't. They were not uh, revealed. If it uh, appears on the newspaper of record like that, well, that's, that's the thing is that I want to bring that up because, uh, you know, the National Enquirer, once again, also a great piece of uh, fact-based evidence. I'm surprised that the cover isn't some sort of wolf boy thing. 
So LJ Lorenzen of APRO, which stands for, of course, the Aerial Phenomenal Research Organization, which is kind of like a NICAP, right? Um, uh, also mentions that disclosure uh, that the U.S. may accept the existence of space visitors in uh, the Milwaukee Journal uh, edition of uh, July 21st, 1974. When I hear about they may accept the existence, it always makes me think back to those stories of how they've had a relationship with aliens for years and years. And and that kind of was played upon in the Men in Black movies. Yes, exactly. I think it was Men in Black 2, where you see Tommy Lee Jones's character uh, at a younger age, like exchanging a flower with an alien or something like that. Yes, that sounds vaguely familiar. We'll probably drop a, a YouTube link in the show notes if we feel like it. Mm, maybe not. We'll see. 1974, the National Examiner, uh, another item about, oh, maybe they're going to reel things soon. Also in 1974, uh, Beyond Earth, Man's Contact with UFOs by Ralph and uh, Judy Bloom. I have this book. I have this edition of the book. Unfortunately, um, the uh, sort of like blurb on the cover says, are Von Daniken's ancient astronauts landing in America today, Angelo? Von Daniken is a bit of a problematic figure now. I do agree. And the quote from the book says, we predict that by 1975, so the year after, the government will release definite proof that extraterrestrials are watching us. Hmm. Okay. Two years before I was born. Exactly. 1974 to uh, October 30th, syndicated columnist Roscoe Drummond wrote that UFOs are in the news again, and with mounting evidence that they are real, not imaginary, the time is getting near when the U.S. Air Force will have to abandon its long-standing tactic of concealment or, or be repudiated by the Department of Defense. Guess what, Angelo? That did not happen. I feel like we're saying that a lot. I know. I know. 1974 in October, Robert Spencer Carr, UFO investigator, quoted in the Tampa, in the Tampa Tribune with a, uh, an article entitled End of UFO Coverment Seen by Christmas. So by Christmas 1974, the door should have been kicked down. But guess what? They were not. No. Now, these continue for quite a while, right? Yeah, so I'm going to just quickly zoom through some of these. 1974, Charles Hickson, uh, uh, he uh, of one of the many um, people who had witnessed the uh, Pascagoula UFO incident, said that uh, he does believe that the uh, Air Force is hiding things and that uh, the truth will come out soon. The alien on the cover of that sort of looks like a superhero with the star in his belt. I agree. 1975, Ralph Blum, L.J. Lorenzen, in an issue of the National Enzire, included an article called Defense Department Ready to Admit the UFOs Exist. Guess what? They do not. 75, Robert Berry, uh, Midnight Reporter, uh, Robert Berry of the 20th Century UFO Bureau stated that the government will tell us what's been going on in a series of television documentaries over a period of months. Guess what? And uh, my favorite thing about this, though, is that the entire story is is slated to be disclosed by the 200th anniversary of the, uh, you know, of American Independence, July 4th, 1976. That would have been perfect timing. I agree. Uh, a 1975 article in the UFO report by Stanton Freeman also says that uh, disclosure is nearby Cosmic Watergate. Um, Senator Barry Goldwater also said that uh, he's interested by the subject of UFOs and should he uh, attain a higher office that he would reveal everything. What do you think ever came of the bet between him and Phil Class that's mentioned in that? I don't know. I'm kind of curious to find out uh, if there is uh, some evidence about uh, how that ended. Because uh, $10,000, um, Stanton would have had to pay up. I agree. 1977, the U.S. News and World Report had a uh, title called Official Word Coming on UFOs. Guess what? Did not come. Nope. 1978, Leonard Stringfield in his book Situation Red, The UFO Siege, which has a really cool cover. I don't know if you can see it, Angelo. I do. It sort of looks like a geode. Or an eye. Oh, yeah. Or a tongue. Like a mouth with a tongue. Oh, yeah. Look at that. And of course, if you look at the bottom, the foreword of the book is written by Donald Kehoe. So self-perpetuating kind of things. Yes, he's always there. Walt Andrus and MUFON 1983 had predicted uh, in a July 1983 issue of uh, MUFON's UFO Journal that uh, 
the book by Larry Fawcett and Barry Greenwood entitled Clear Intent will force the Pentagon and our government intelligence agencies to reveal why they've conducted a cosmic Watergate. 1988, Brad Steiger, who is no stranger to the paranormal, had claimed that American Russian leaders may be improving their relations in an attempt to show extraterrestrials that Earthlings have matured as a race. Continuing onwards, 1991, Stanton Freeman... Uh, Back again. Exactly. On our, uh, the radio show For the People... Uh, said that the uh, government would probably reveal the truth about UFOs a year later in 1992. It mentions Stanton Freeman's cloudy crystal ball. Exactly. Angela, wrong. the next one, um, you and I have talked about in 1995, Disney, right? Yeah. We talked about the Alien Counters ride at uh, Tomorrowland. I think we did that with our Disney Secrets episode uh, that we'll link to in the show notes. So, uh, you know, once again, easing public mentality into thinking, believing, and, uh, you know, accepting the idea that we're not alone. Yeah, Disney's part of the government there with that. They're, uh, they rule the government, don't they? Well, of course, this is how it works. It's a secret cabal. Yeah. Oh, boy. 1996, Debbie Jordan, who also is known as Kathy Davis and uh, was uh, one of the people featured in um, uh, the book Intruders, uh, posted on her very early website, uh, you know, an interview she had given uh, on uh, UFOs A to Z. And in there, she thought that there's a lot of talk about uh, Hale-Bopp and open contact with alien entities, uh, which is funny enough because that's what we'll be talking about uh, next week. Yes, hopefully. Yes, 1996, Richard Boyland, an article entitled New UFO Events 1996, said there's going to be an abundance of leaks and disclosures pertaining to UFO reality coming soon. I'm still waiting. And then we jump all the way straight through to 2009. So this is what we were saying before the 2000-2001 Stephen Greer stuff is not here. Yeah, so like nothing happened between 1996 and 2009. It's a really strange jump because there's been something several times in each decade and then late 90s, I guess because of the X-Files. Yeah, perhaps. But I also do think that like uh, maybe it was so well covered that at this point... uh, uh, you know, it's easy to search those out where these are a little uh, um, rough around the edges, a little harder to find. So maybe that's why the Greer thing isn't there. Yeah. Uh, 2009, Michael Cohen uh, has an article. He wrote an article entitled France Poised to Disclose ET Presence on Earth. And he uh, asserted that France is set to concede that, this is, that it is aware of an alien presence on Earth by no later than Friday. So this was a June 7th, 2009 article. Guess what? That it did not happen. happen. Nope. Uh, 2009, too. Uh, Dr. Pete Peterson told Bill Ryan of Project Camelot, we should cover Project Camelot actually sooner or later in 2009, that uh, Obama would reveal UFO contact by the end of 2009. So I don't think that happened. Obama, please reach out and let us know. October 7th, 2009, David Wilcock uh, had one of his newest appearances um, on C2C with uh, George Norrie. And then he said that, uh, you know, disclosure is imminent. The funny thing, too, is that there is a screenshot there of uh, David Wilcock um, and his, uh, his uh, the original post that people had posted up. Yeah. It's it's like a, a snake eating its tail. And now we uh, are truly getting in the weeds here. 2009 YouTube user Brennan Clan uploaded a video on November 16th all about how the uh, Vatican will reveal UFO disclosure soon. The Vatican's not into this at all. No. Uh, you know, 2009 Michael Sala, October 23rd, uh, 21st, uh, published an article on the Examiner website in which he uh, proclaimed an official announcement by the Obama administration disclosing the reality of extraterrestrials is imminent. I love the word imminent. It appears so much. It's been, you know, uh, 60 years at this point, right? And uh, look who's mentioned in those names. Uh, your buddy, Richard Hoagland. Love him. Dick Hoagland, come on the podcast. I doubt he would come here. 2010, we're almost done here, Angelo. Stephen Bassett, December 28th. Posted a paradigm research group update on the UFO uh, updates email discussion list uh, that uh, he seems to believe that the embargo will be lifted soon and that we will know the truth about UFOs. See, when I saw this and I reading through this, I thought, oh, did I mistake Greer and Bassett like I often do? But no, I didn't. Greer was the press club guy. Correct. And uh, Bassett is, uh, you know, also part of, uh, the, you know, the ufology movement, 
but uh, not quite as uh, <sighs> grifty. I wonder if they hang out, those two. <laughs> there, there, there has to be. You know, Apple yeah, had the two Steves. Ufology has the two Steves. So they've done citizen hearings together. Okay. So they, they, they know of each other. They know each other, yes. Yes. Yes, they are friendly. Okay. So yes, uh, 2016, the Daily Express newspaper uh, in the UK, uh, October 22nd, in all caps title, is world about to be told aliens exist, UFO pop star says big things are coming. Of course, we were talking about To the Stars Academy's Tom DeLong. Was it that long ago? Yeah. So he, uh, he started, uh, you know, banging that drum uh, in uh, 2015 and 16. The, the weeks have gone by so quickly. Uh, it feels like yesterday was February, but uh, I know. everything I know. is going by quickly just because I don't have to uh, leave my house anymore. So time goes by fast. Disclosure is easier when everyone's kind of sitting around, right? Yeah. Well, look at this crazy picture of Obama touching a green hand. Yeah. <laughs> it checks out. So uh, <laughs> once again, the uh, Stephen the Bassett Express. is back. Yeah, Stephen Bass is back in 2016, uh, May 20th, with an article entitled Exclusive Barack Obama on Brink of Revealing Intelligent Aliens Visit Earth. And yeah, there we go. The little green hand is touching everything. Surprise, Angelo. Brian, what do you think of this? Is there any more of these? Yeah, there's a couple, yeah. So Daily Express, of course, uh, Again, puts Daily up Express. another one. Yeah, Stephen Bass in 2017. Uh, and then uh, once again, the Daily Express uh, has an article entitled The Disclosure Activists. And just uh, there's a bunch of people there. In 2019, Stephen Bassett again. Yep. Alien and UFO phenomenon will get full disclosure in 2020 if Donald Trump goes. So if we kick him out of office, Angelo. Well, we can't do anything about him. No, but I mean like we as a people, maybe like a, a, an intentional. So I was thinking about something the other day, actually. And I was wondering, like the power of dreams, right? Have you uh, uh, been thinking about your dreams actively like when you wake up? I have because in the last few months I've had really, really strange, strange dreams. What if everyone's been having very similar dreams? And this is the thing I'm wondering, right? Is like maybe as an intention experiment, we can all sort of like note our dreams and see if we're all just, uh, you know, uh, tangentially maybe sharing uh, the same kind of thoughts and dreams. Are you talking about noetics again? <laughs> yes, exactly. Shared consciousness. I don't think that's a thing. No. No. I could be wrong. But, you know, what I'm saying is like if we put the idea of this out into the universe together, maybe like the, you know, the disclosure movement will come, but we just need more brains the brain power of how many people are we now? Eight billion, seven and a half billion, something seven like that. Seven and a half, yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's use everybody's brains. Most of those eight, seven and a half billion to listen to this podcast, right? <laughs> Uh, that is a tall tale, but that's okay. Uh, Angelo, I do feel like uh, disclosure is imminent, my friend. What do you think? It always is. If 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 what we just discussed has has panned out for anything, it's that it's always imminent. I mean, yes, in terms of like modern history, sure, like, uh, you know, is imminent is hard. But like when you really consider the age of the earth and how long it's been here versus like how long we've wanted to disclose. 6,000 um, years, right? <laughs> one estimate suggests that. Yes, I'm yeah. not sure it's the estimate I would go with. Okay. Or four and a half million? Is it million? Billion. Four and a half billion years. Well, that's what I'm saying, Angela, is that perhaps uh, it is the uh, half of a blink of an eye, you know? Yeah. We are nothing but dust in the wind. But hey, it's been seven years of this, right? So modern uh, ufology uh, kind of kicks things up here and uh, always puts hope in our hearts, but uh, never uh, proof in our inboxes. I think disclosure is going to happen by the end of July 2020. Okay, I'm going to say February 2021. Okay. So let's just, uh, let's just do that. And if we're both wrong, then hey, we're both wrong. But if we're right, then like, hey, I'm going to drive to your home and shake your hand. I predict a new iPhone in October of 2020. The best oh, really iPhone so? yet. 
You really think so? Yeah. All right, so uh, we're just doing predictions here now. We've uh, thrown out the disclosure talk, and now we're just uh, imagining uh, what it would be like to be able to sort of like predict, um, you know, without issue. Yeah, the iPhone is alien technology. <laughs> All right, Angelo, I think this is a good place to end episode 141 of the Double Density Podcast. How does that sound to you? Good idea. Great. So you can always find us on Twitter over at double underscore density, double density podcast over on Instagram. And of course, double density.net. Go ahead, visit us. Click on our pasty white faces that actually, you know what? I'm getting a bit of a tan by uh, walking every day. So it's kind of nice. Not so pasty these days. Uh, you probably are still pasty though. I went out today. I told you we talked about the bike ride, didn't we? Yes. What I'm saying is that like, you do that this on a regular basis. If you no. have no idea what I'm talking about, it means it was boring and I cut it out of the show. What I am saying, Angelo, is that you don't, uh, uh, your son and you don't get along. Uh, yeah, even when I go on like a sun vacation, I stay in the shade. Well, there you go. That's my whole point. So you're still pasty. Uh, with all that being said, you can go ahead and visit doubledensity.net. See Angela in my picture. Go ahead and click on our bios. Uh, and also, it's a good way to find out uh, how you can subscribe to us through all the different podcasting platforms because we are not Spotify specific. No, you can you can use Spotify to listen to us. Our stats come in separately for that one. A lot of uh, listeners do, actually. I know. I'm disappointed at all of you. No, just kidding. You can wow. keep listening however you want. I like how you just, uh, you, you, you're taking a, a pee on our uh, listener base here. Yeah. Nobody listens at this point in the show. It's true. I can say whatever I want. Yeah. I really, really enjoy the concept of a cryptid uh, stalking me in the night. Disclosure is happening. Disclosure is now. Disclosure is a mindset, Angela. It's not really a set of news. It's a, it's a belief system in which you need to just believe and then you understand the secrets of the universe. We do. Starting UFO cult right here, right now, episode 142 of a Double Density. Actually, I should, I should make that I shouldn't make that joke because we're gonna be talking about Heaven's Gate and Hail Bob. So that will be episode one forty two, correct? It, it will be, yes. This was one forty one. That's what I'm saying, Angelo. Oh, okay. I'm saying the next episode is we start a cult. Are you ready to disclose that? <laughs> no, I'm not ready. Angelo, I will see you soon. See you then. Greetings, spiders. <laughs> Welcome back to Double Density. Yeah, 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 yeah,